Pastor Hashem. So what I want to start doing is I wanted to, it's going to be a lot of recordings, but I want to explore a very special piece in Lukut de Maran from Rabbi Nachman, Torah 25, Kof Chafei, sorry, Chafei, and then explore how it relates to very important topics in imagination versus intelligence, and a very deep midrash about what's called the Behemoth Bahari Aleph. These, the behemoth that uh, pastures on a thousand mountains, a very deep, mystical, mythical, kind of fantasy-sounding midrash, but to explain it with near-perfect precision to the best that I can, and that's going to be very imprecise compared to what it really says, but I'm going to do my best. Blinader. So Rabbi Nachman says in Lakutim Aran 25, this is a special Torah in Lakutim Aran because it's his exact language. So he's going on the exchange between uh, the Tzadik Rabbi Yeshua and the Tzavi Debeatuna, the Athenian elders. So they're, they're exchanging riddles. So the Athenian said, Show us a vessel that's not worth its damage. He took a mat Pashatuhu spread it out, but it wouldn't fit in the doorway. He said, bring a sledgehammer and knock down the whole doorway so that we can fit the mat in, the vessel. This is the idea of a vessel not worth its damage. Obviously extremely cryptic. So let's just move on. Rabbi Nachman continues, it says in the Mishnah, in the Masechet Sota, when the temple was destroyed, there was a nullification of the Shamir, a special worm that had laser abilities to cut through stone, because the stones of the temple can't be forged or cut with iron, because that's violent, so they have to be forged with a special laser coming from the Shamir worm. Venofet Sufim, the honey of Sufim, Vamana and men of faith. So we're going to explain that as well. What does that mean? That after the base of Mikdash, the temple was destroyed, there's a nullification of this special Shamir worm, this special honey, and men of faith. Rabbi Nachman says, Every person must extract himself from imagination. Fascinating. Fascinating. And to elevate to the level of Seichel, to intelligence. To Elevate oneself out of imagination, out of illusion, into the level of intelligence, of clarity. When unfortunately a person is drawn after his imaginations, his fantasies, this is called the idea of a wily heart. That he walks after the imaginations of the heart. Seems simple enough. person is bombarded with Desires and fears that are imaginative, that are imaginative. They are not real. They are illusions in his mind. And what he has to do is clarify his perspective on reality, clarify how he sees the truth of the world, and thereby elevate himself out of a situation of being trapped in an illusion versus to see the world with clarity. Because when he's still seeing the world with the eyes of illusion, he's going to be pulled after his immature emotions and do negative things. Then 
this ability of a person to, to, to break his stone, his heart of stone, which is a, a heart that is stubborn and not breaking and is continuing to be swayed by imaginations. But when he breaks his stony heart, this is the concept of that special worm with the laser-like abilities to cut through stone, means to cut through his stony heart. And he's no longer chased, chasing after desires of a, that are based on illusion. And he instead walks after his intelligence. So Rabbi Nachman is painting a picture already that a person stuck in illusion and imaginations has a heart that is hard and stony, like like Paro's heart of stone. He's stuck in his negative path. He's not free to update his perspective, but instead he's he's stuck in his ways. But when he when he subjugates and breaks his his uh, hardened heart, he is able to open it up and and start walking towards clarity and truth. It reminds me of that Rabbi Akiva, when he was 40 years old only, he started learning Torah and he became the greatest. But he said he was inspired by seeing water drip through a stone and drip by drip, the water was able to break through hard stone. And Rabbi Akiva said, if water, which is soft, can bore a hole through stone, which is hard, then certainly the Torah, which is compared to water, can pierce and penetrate my stony heart. So that's it must be related. The Kholzman Now, here's the next step of the procedure. He is breaking his imaginations, his illusions, but he hasn't actually used the power of intelligence and clear understanding to start to create and express what is true, to, to speak out words and express what is true. So now his intelligence is still only in potential. But once he breaks his imagination, means he breaks the stoniness of his heart, he's able to shatter the illusions that he was under their sway. And now, after shattering those illusions, he clears a space for his ability to instead develop and pull out uh, and actualize his seichel, his, his intelligence of what's true. Because that comes in a fell. So, the first step of shattering the illusions and shattering one's stony heart was like the worm that has the laser ability to cut through stone, i.e. to cut through the stony heart. And now that he's cut through the stone and he's unleashed his ability to express his seichel, his intelligence, the expression of the intelligence now in that cleared space is the second concept that we lost when the temple was destroyed. That second concept is the nofet sufim, the honey. 
Because honey is sweet, and so is intelligence. So is expression of intelligence is sweet. So now that he's cleared the path by breaking open his stony heart, now he can express sweet wisdom, sweet truth, from potential to actual. And that's the image of the flowing honey. All right. Now, once he's fully utilized his intelligence and he's expressed and spoken about and understood and, and, and acted out the full maximum of his own intelligence's ability to express, his seichel, his intelligence, his, his pure expression, and, and consciousness of truth by completely actualizing that consciousness of truth that is at the root of his soul once he completely actualizes the root of his soul and his intelligence it becomes an acquired seichel an acquired intelligence an acquired perfect consciousness as the philosophers have written or the scholars have written that there are three basic stages of of intelligence or consciousness of truth potential stage actualization stage and the final stage which is full actualization of consciousness of truth but really we have four stages because the preliminary stage is for a person to shatter his illusions to shatter his stony heart now this is the key move. This is the key point. So why is this important? Why is it important for us to break our illusions, break our imaginations, and develop and fully develop our intelligence and our consciousness of truth? Because because a person who is a person? Who is a, what is a soul after the soul separates from the body upon the death of the body and the exiting of the soul from a body? What does a person exist as after he separates from his body? Is only the seichel, the intelligence, the consciousness that he developed during his life by breaking his imaginations, breaking his stony heart, thereby developing his intelligence it's almost the image the image rabbi nachman is painting here of breaking open one's stony heart and to clear a path in order to develop wisdom and, and consciousness of truth it's sort of the image of <clears throat> of a flower or some type of plant or sprout sprouting out of the soil the soil must be softened. It can't be a hard rock. So you have to break open, you have to break down the rocks to make ultimately soil, to make earth, which is which is appropriate for growth. It's the same thing here. When a person's still under the sway of illusions, it's like a rocky ground. Nothing can grow there. But once you break down those illusions and you break it open, fascinatingly, it's the first step is that the very shattering of illusions creates the fertile ground, creates the fertile soil for intelligence, for seichel, for consciousness of truth to flourish. As the verse says, that he's not saying this here, but I'm bringing it in, that truth sprouts out from the ground. But it's by breaking illusions that, that this, the truth sprouts within our consciousness. 
as it's, the famous verse says in Kohelet and Ecclesiastes, that, there, that there's the advantage of light over darkness as there's the advantage of wisdom over folly. That by breaking our illusions and understanding that it, something is actually an illusion, through conquering that darkness, we then are able to sprout within us the understanding of the truth. When a person has an awakening and an enlightenment at whatever level he's at, it's through overcoming illusions and through overcoming illusions and seeing past illusions, he has a deeper understanding and acquisition of the truth, of consciousness. That's the name of the game. It's called, right as Rabbi Nachman says right here, Seichel and Nikne, in completely acquired intelligence, completely acquired consciousness. A person, how does a person acquire? Right? We're talking about an acquisition, almost like a transaction. So what Rebbe Nachman is really saying is that this universe is kind of set up as a place to do a transaction. You acquire and earn true consciousness with through what transaction? Through the transaction of breaking your illusions. In consideration for breaking your illusions, you're able to purchase true consciousness, so to speak. The work you do it's like we're in the mines, or we're in the field, or we're in a garden, and it's like we're it's like we're 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 called servants of Hashem. We're called we we want to be an Eved Hashem. We want to be serving Hashem. Well, what are, we're serving Hashem in exchange for a reward, even though the the reward shouldn't be what we're focused on. We should just be happy with the service itself. But at the end of the day, it's a service, and so so to speak. <clears throat> What service are we providing or, or what work are we doing? The work we're doing is we're shattering illusions. In exchange for the work of shattering illusions, we acquire and earn consciousness. That's the exchange. <clears throat> In exchange for shattering illusions, you acquire and earn seichla nikne, true consciousness, fully developed consciousness. That's the reward itself, <clears throat> which is attachment to Hashem. And moreover, that's the only acquisition that we can take with us after we depart from the body, when the body dies and we shed the body. All that we can really acquire that's an eternal acquisition is consciousness. So through the raw material of shattering illusions, we create and acquire ourselves, which is our consciousness our eternal consciousness. That's why we're born. We're born into this world because we're inherently dropped down. When we're born into this world, our souls drop down into a thick space of illusion. And every step of the way, we have the opportunity to shatter illusion after illusion, imagination after imagination. And through every step of effort by which we acquire truth and consciousness and uh, an updated consciousness, by every step of the way, working to shatter illusion after illusion, that's how we acquire our, our ultimate eternal reward, which is the fullness of our consciousness that we gained and acquired through shattering illusions. And that's who we are, what we are, and where we reside. We reside in that consciousness that we built and earned and struggled for when we were fighting through this world of illusions. Obviously, fighting in a joyful way, to be a joyful warrior, to be to be happy in our service. 
And that is the final thing that was lost when the temple was destroyed, but that we that we are regaining is called men of faith. Because Rabbi Nachman explains, you know that your consciousness of truth is faithful and steady and sturdy once you fully developed it. So the three stages is the shamir, the laser worm, which cuts through the stony heart that's stuck in illusions. Next is the flowing honey, which is the activation of, of intelligence when we by shattering illusions, build out our intelligence. And finally, the ultimate outcome of that is a person's fully developed consciousness of truth that he built every moment of his life when he was battling his illusions. Rabbi Nachman says, this fully actualized intelligence, the Seicha Nikne, the fully actualized intelligence that we really only fully consummate at the end of our life, is co- which is the consciousness that remains with us eternally, even after the body passes away. What is the nature of this consciousness, this fully developed consciousness? It's that a person knows, again, even in an eternal way, even out of his body after the body passes away, it's an experience that a person knows many, many, many things with one single consciousness. Not like in our lifetime now where our minds are constantly running from one thing that we know to another thing that we know and we can't really think so many things at once. But at the consummation of our life, at the end, when we fully acquire and activate our, our, our uh, intelligence, the experience is going to be that everything we ever learned and struggled to know will know it all simultaneously at once. Because for a person to learn something essential, he has to go through many introductions. And this is my own commentary, Matting, here. What we're trying to know is something we're going to know at the end of our life when we pass on into the into the world of eternity. And every moment of our life is like an introduction. Rabbi Nachman says, you know, when you learn a subject, you have to go through tons of introductions. And once you finally go through all the introductions and the preliminary stages of learning, finally, snap, you got it, you clicked. The whole thing clicks and you know this skill. You know this, this material. You know the thing and you know it in, in, a, in, a, in a unified way. You don't have to keep checking, oh, how do I do this stage of the procedure? How do I do this part of, of the task? You just know the thing and you just do it and you don't have to check your work again. You don't have to check your process again. Anybody who's a professional or, or has any skill in, in, in work or professional skill or just knows a topic extremely well, he doesn't have to go back and recheck, did I do that thing right? Do, do I really know this, this aspect or element of this body of knowledge? He just knows it all at once. And so that's a taste of, of what we're going to experience in the world of eternity because this is interesting, but what we're going to know in the world of eternity is everything we've ever known in compartmentalized ways, we're going to know ourselves completely, right, in a, in a unified way. In other words, when a person's moving through life, he's learned lessons of how to not get angry, how to deal with people, how to be kind, 
how is it appropriate to give charity? Like, how do you do that? Um, how does he conduct himself? And he's constantly updating and, and deeper and deeper actualizing knowledge of what it means to be a fully actualized human being. But that's, a, that's still an ongoing process that goes in stages. At the end of his life, what he's going to know is everything he's ever learned and worked on and to shatter his illusions and update himself, he's going to know his whole art of living unique to him. He's going to know it all at once in a simultaneous way. He's going to know everything he ever worked on knowing throughout all stages of his life. He's going to know it as a totality. Which means that this whole life was like an introduction to this experience of the total knowledge of what his soul actually was and what goodness really is and who Hashem really was in his life. So, but the image is, is that to get that knowledge, he had to shatter so many levels of illusion to get to the kernel, to the fruit of, of what his life really was. So that's the, that's the amazing deep image and turn and move of this whole image is this is explaining to us what does it mean to elevate holy sparks of consciousness out of the shells and the externalities of existence. Because these externalities in these shells is like the idea that out of every stage of a process, we're going through introductions. The whole, this whole life is like one big introduction, as the Pirkeyavot says. This world is like a corridor or a foyer before the real chamber, which is the world to come. The world to come, the real chamber, the real space of existence, the, 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 the real existence, the real eternal existence, is total consciousness of truth. What this world is, is an opportunity to break through so many shells of illusion to acquire that truth through effort, that means that in a sense, this whole experience of worldliness is shells to be broken through, is externalities in the, in the Hebrew language, in the mystical language, is klipot. These are, these are levels of illusion that we shatter, thereby acquiring deeper and deeper levels of pure consciousness and so that's like the raw material. That's like the fuel stuff of the experience of this world that as we break it and transform it, it just serves as, as fuel to be transformed, burned up, transformed, etc. to become p the pure conscious experience, to become the pure experience of consciousness that is total that we acquire throughout our life of, of service and that we will fully receive at the culmination of our life. Okay, one more paragraph. This isn't the end of the Torah, but for now, we're, we're going to stop here. And Rabbi Nachman basically says that the shattering of illusion is the secret of the karbanot, of the animal sacrifices. Because the animal is representing imaginations, low level of consciousness, and by shattering that animal, sacrificing and slaughtering that animal, it's creating a closeness to Hashem. Because a carbon, a sacrifice, really means a drawing close. So we're specifically drawn close to Hashem, which means we're, we're drawing closer and closer to total consciousness 
specifically through the procedure of shattering illusions, which is the idea of slaughtering animals. So this is this is um, part one of the Torah Rabbi Nachman and Torah twenty five. But the fascinating image is is the transformation, the transmutation, the 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 transformation of imagination itself, of illusion itself into truth. That by working through and shattering and reformatting what was an illusion, that is the process and the procedure by which we build out our own expression and acquisition of truth. Because by battling illusion, through applying truth and struggling with illusion to determine and clarify what is actually true, it's called making birurim. It's it's a very mystical idea, but it has very simple psychological applications. The name of the game here is called making clarifications, birurim. It's called birurnitsotsot. It's called sifting out the holy sparks. But in understandable language, it means clarifying the truth. That whatever situation a person is in, that situation is designed on a cosmological level, on a deep metaphysical and ontological level by the creator as being a field of illusion. That's the deep thing to understand. That this whole, when a person is dealing with that he feels like he's confused, that this he feels like he's stuck in an illusion, this isn't just his problem. This is the nature of his reality. That's the real nature of the energy that his soul is emerged and submerged and enclosed and manifested in. He's manifested in energies of illusion, confusion, and lack of clarity. But by a person clarifying what's the truth in any situation, he's actually transforming completely all the energies of creation that he's, that he's embedded in. When a person clarifies a situation and pulls out what's the true right thing to do, what's the straight thing to do in this situation, he changed the whole world. It's not just it's not just that he updated his mind. He really changed his whole experience and that really changed the world around him. And 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 that and it's worth it because the process of internally clarifying the truth is actually creating acquisitions of eternal conscious experience that he'll have forever. Amen. So thank God. Right after I recorded this, I saw something in a related source that I want to incorporate into these ideas. This is a safer called Makor Chaim. It's actually a medieval work of Jewish philosophy. It's absolutely um, what we say, L'Shem Shemayim. It's not... It's somebody who... The author, his name escapes me, Rav Gamliel something. I apologize, I can't remember the name. But he was one of the greatest pythons. Like, he was extremely pious, extremely God-fearing. Um, but Jewish philosophy was a popular method at the time. This, we're talking in, in the year, in the 1100s, long time ago. Um, but it's very clear from his philosophical inquiry that he is very knowledgeable in Kabbalah. He's just not saying it explicitly. So this is in chapter six of a certain portion of the book. It's page, this is just a note to self. It's page 26 in my PDF, um, PDF version. Well, really page 111 in my PDF version, but 
page 26 in a certain publication. And I'm going to summarize what he says like this. He says, okay, he has proven in this work that we have three basic levels. We have the world of pure intelligence, which in Kabbalistic terminology is Atzilut, a world of pure godly energies. On the other extreme, we have the world of sensations. And in the middle, fascinatingly, we have what's called this absolute pure, essential, holy substance, which I'm almost completely positive, is the Kabbalistic idea of the sphere of Malchut. This perfect ethereal substance, which receives the energy and the action, so to speak, of the world of pure intelligence, i.e. all of the godly expressions and powers of expression of Atzilut, goes through this pure substance, this Malchut, and out the other side of this pure substance, so to speak, called Malchut, there's a reflection of Atzilut into the worlds of creation. So the Rav says in this work that this Malchut, this pure essential substance, so to speak, which receives all energies, all forms of pure godly intelligence, pure godly power and expression, is the key or the courtyard or the door by which we access knowledge of Hashem's mind, of Hashem's realm of power, by extrapolating one side of this substance to the other, one side of this portal to the other, one side of this door to the other. Like this. He says, this, this essence, this etzem, this is the ultimate spiritual substance that bears and contains and includes and surrounds all that the senses can perceive for, as far as the forms of the world. So anything that's a form, anything that's a form, any shape, any color, any size, anything, is really this fascinating truth that there's this one absolute pure essential substance that's an ethereal substance that is the portal by which all the pure powers and expressions of Hashem from the realms of pure godliness press into that substance and out the other side comes every particular experience in the world. Amazing. So anything you see, <clears throat> I'm looking at a, at a clock alarm, a radio alarm, I'm looking at a, a child's toy, I'm looking at a cup, I'm looking at my hand. Any particular iteration in our world is coming from that there's a godly energy of, of creative power and expression which, like a hand, pushes into the glove, the glove being this all-encompassing substance, and out the other side of that hand, so to speak, pushing through that glove, or that one all-encompassing substance by which all of the things emanate, a spiritual holy substance, all the other items in the world are like poking out the other side. It reminds me of the rabbi say in the Gemara and the Midrash, that you had the parochet, you had the holy partition between the holy of holies in the temple, where the, where the ark 
where the Aron Kodesh was, like the the high priest only went in there once a year. Otherwise, nobody went in there ever, the holiest spot. But the ark that was in the holiest spot behind the curtain, the ark had these two poles that like pushed out so that you could see these these two poles bulging out um, the curtain. And this is the image of something on one side of the curtain. In this case, the worlds of pure godly energy pushing through a certain type of substance. In this case, the all-encompassing substance, so to speak, of the sphere of Malchut. And now the other side is a, is a, is a, is a picture, a representation uh, uh, of the result between something on the inside of the partition, on the inside of the curtain, pushing on that partition, pushing on that curtain, pushing on that substance, and you see a shape, you see a hint, you see an intimation of what's on the other side of the curtain. You can't see directly what's on the other side of the curtain. Only the high priest can see that once a year in Yom Kippur, but you can see the shape, that this concept, that you can see the shape on what's, of what's on the other side of the curtain, and that's this world. That's our experience. That's what we're supposed to realize. Everything we encounter, everything, is coming from a godly energy on God's side of the curtain, so to speak, pushing through this holy substance, this holy curtain, which is, the, which is one of the ten manifestations of Hashem's power, by the way. It's not separate from Hashem. This holy substance, this holy curtain. And on the other side of the curtain, we see the shapes, we see the imprints on our side of the curtain, we see the imprints, we see the shapes of what's on his side of the curtain, so to speak. Yeah. Now that I, he says, I see, but to actually perceive this holy malchut, this holy curtain, this holy all-encompassing substance, it's impossible to perceive it directly with your five senses. You have to you have to intuit it. You have to imply it. You have to deduce that it exists. And he did that earlier through logic. That we say that this curtain, this holy substance, this malchut, I'm adding that it's the malchut, I'm adding that it's the curtain, but he calls it this essential substance, this essential holy ethereal substance, is the boundary. Amazing, it's the portal. It's the bridge between the world of pure godly powers of intelligence that bridges and connects with the world of of sensations. It's amazing, it's incredible. It's it's a beautiful image. It's an ethereal it's it's a, it's a it's an unchanging perfect ethereal substance that the pure signals, the pure godly inputs, the pure godly expressions from on the other side of it, on the other side of the curtain, push through it, and then we get an impression and a reflection of the pure intelligence of God's powers as the forms that we ultimately perceive and sense through our, sens- through our sensory faculties on our side of the curtain. And, and he says you should know that to understand this basic truth, that this is basically the game we're in, that everything we experience is some t- form of godly energy pushing through this 
ultimate curtain, this ultimate substance to be reflected on the other side as some type of form or experience that we can have a sensation of. To understand that basic game, that basic situation, is the beginning of intelligence, is the beginning of really understanding your world. Lahabdil, but it's the beginning of taking the red pill like in the Matrix. It's the beginning of understanding what's going on. If you don't understand that basic structure, you don't understand really anything, says, says the Rav Kamliel. Yeah. That's why the verse is saying, Reshit Chachma Yirat Hashem. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of Hashem or the awe of Hashem. Yirat Hashem, the fear of Hashem or the awe of Hashem. Yira, fear, awe, or respect, is Loshan Ri'ya, to see. It means that the beginning of understanding the wisdom of Hashem, which means to understand what Hashem is actually doing vis a vis our world, how He's actually impacting and imprinting on our world. The beginning of understanding that is Yirat Hashem, which is a code word for Malchut. Is a code word for this holy substance. Because the basic beginning of respect of Hashem is also the beginning of wisdom of Hashem. But the beginning of a respect of Hashem is to understand that He's doing everything. Well, through what medium is He doing everything? It's this holy Malchut. It's this holy substance. It's this holy curtain. That, so he says that's the beginning, says the Rav here, that's the beginning of having any true wisdom and understanding, is to understand this basic setup of two sides of the curtain, godly world on one side, pushing through the substance of this curtain, and expressing as what we experience on the other side. That's the beginning of having constant awareness of Hashem. To understand that everything I'm experiencing is his will, is his power, is his energy, is the forms of his intelligence, so to speak, pushing through this one perfect pristine substance and manifesting out the other side is what I'm expressing and experiencing in my reality. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, finally, I'm going to give you a general principle that you can use for all further investigation. I'm going to tell you, the soul, after it's born and embedded in the body, is no longer able to experience the pure wisdom and the pure knowledge that it was able to experience before it was born and embedded into a body. At the point that it was tied down and embedded in a body. We, the soul that is now born into and embedded in and tied down to a body can only understand pure wisdom, pure consciousness, pure truth by extrapolating from the forms and experiences on our side of the curtain to understand how they are a reflection of the pure forms on Hashem's side, of, on the Creator's side of the curtain, on the creator side of the pure substance. That's our only access now. Yeah. 
והותקנתו בשביל החושים לאסר את המקרים והטעמים הראשונים אך ורק בשביל שתשיג את המקרים ואת העצמים השניים על ידי הסגס הראשונים. The only real reason why a human being has sense faculties and faculties of imagination, perception, logic, deduction, taking in sense experiences, taking in experiences from our senses and, extra- and, and thinking about them and learning from them and, and, and building knowledge through what we perceive is really only one true holy reason for that. It's not to sense the world in order to get smart and just build computers and just build roads. That's, that's stopping way short of what we're supposed to do. Yes, we can do all that. But the main reason for us to gather in and compute and analyze and learn from everything our senses teach us through science, through logic, through communication, by processing everything that we sense through our sense faculties, the real reason for that is by gaining a deep understanding of what we're sensing, we're able to then extrapolate that deep understanding an analysis of what we're sensing and to extrapolate that all of that is really coming from the godly side of the curtain, the creator side of the curtain. By fully understanding our world from what our senses and imagination and power of analysis and power of, of science and intellect can teach us about our world of, that we perceive with our senses, all of that we're supposed to use as a way of extrapolating and say, well, That is teaching me about something actually true that's really real on the creator's side of reality. That by understanding deeply what's going on in my world of perception, I get actually, I'm supposed to extrapolate that to get an actual deep tefisa, a deep grasp on where it's really coming from within the powers and expressions of the creator. Yeah. ותכלס מציאוס האדם היא the purpose of a human being שאחר שהשיג את ידיעס המוחשי מרגע הובלת בעולם הזה the person, the purpose of a human being is as soon as he's born and his consciousness starts to make sense of his world from the moment he's born all the way through it's, the, it's to יתפתח סיכלו על ידי ידיעה זו ויצא מן הכוח על הפועל that he's supposed to have his mind opened up And that his intelligence should go from potential to actual. Just like Rebbe Nachman said, we're supposed to be actualizing our consciousness of truth. But how do we really do that? Ki, tzurat ha-mokhashim nitbaot pechushim. Mipnei ha-dimion Things that we perceive with our senses are impressed into our senses, and we start to understand similarities between sense perceptions. You see the color red enough as an infant, you realize, okay, that's red. Oh, I've seen green things. Oh, I've seen circles. Oh, I've seen squares. The mind immediately starts to notice patterns and similarities and starts to make sense of the world. And magically, amazingly, it eventually makes sense of the patterns of, of the language that it hears and it starts to talk and it starts to understand language. And the mind is constantly noticing patterns and similarities from what it senses And it starts to understand the world at a very basic level, although that's already amazing. That's already a miracle, that a baby can learn how to talk. Because it's noticing patterns of sound, patterns of sound, patterns of shape, patterns, patterns. 
והצורס הוא נדבאוס, בחושים נדבאוס, גם כן בדמיון באופן יותר דחף ופשוט מאשר בחושים, כמו כן נדבאות אותן הצורס במהות הנפש באופן יותר דחף ופשוט מאשר בדמיון. And eventually we keep noticing patterns over and over and over and we're learning and we're learning and we're learning till we, so, till we start to really build up within our awareness a, a, a real picture of everything we know. All based on what we've learned by observing the world uh, that we have sensed through our sense perceptions. But listen, there's a beautiful analogy now. And therefore... That the relationship between the soul and the world of perception that it's looking at and perceiving through its five senses, hearing, smelling, everything, is like someone reading a book. The world is a book. It's a book. Once you know how to read the letters and you know what the words mean, You can recognize pattern, oh, that's an A, oh, that's a B, oh, that's a C, oh, that's the word cat, oh, that's the word war, oh, that's the word peace, oh, that's the word love, oh, this paragraph means this, and you read and you read and you understand more and more what letters communicate. You start to read the world like an open book, to read the message that the world is really saying to you. Through everything that you sense, which is that it's an open book showing you the thoughts of the Creator. Just as any book of any author is an open book, and if you know how to read, and you know how to understand and process the reading, you can get to the thoughts and the, and the consciousness of the author. That's the way the world is supposed to be. We're supposed to read it like a book to know what the Creator is thinking and telling us right now, because the world is an open book that's that is presently being written, presently being presented to us. It's a book, it's called a Torah Chaim, it's called a book that's alive. It's the Creator speaking to us through this one holy substance, through this one holy curtain, and if you know how to read the Creator's message, you can not just perceive the world, but you can more and more through practice directly hear the message of the Creator, so to speak, jumping off the page. Amen. And that's exactly what Rabbi Nachman is talking about, by the way, of constantly breaking our illusions to deeper and deeper grasp pure truth.